Welcome to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast, where we mix business, law of attraction, spirituality, and well-being with great guests and phenomenal stories. You'll hear hints, tips, and up-to-the-minute information on digital communication from an expert in her field. Pearl has some wonderful individuals in her networks, and she will be interviewing them all at some point in the future. Enjoy your listening. Well, hello and welcome to this The Pearls of Wisdom podcast. And this is another phenomenal um, episode all about International Women's Day, which I'm doing for the whole of March because I've got so many inspiring ladies that are joining my International Women's Day project. We will be putting um, episodes up on a daily basis, sometimes three or four in one day. And today I am so excited. I have the wonderful Francesca Cassini. Oh, what a lovely name. It just rolls off the tongue. It really does. Wonderful, wonderful to have you on the podcast. Welcome, Francesca. Thank you so much, Pearl. It's brilliant to be here. Really excited. That is brilliant. Now, what I'm going to do, what I'm doing with everyone, because I started this project through Facebook. So I'm bringing up everyone's Facebook profiles and taking the introduction from there. Normally, I'd ask my guests to say, what would you like to be introduced? But for this one, I'm actually taking it because you've all got such fantastic messages on your profiles. And for Francesca, she runs a community for women 50 plus reconnecting with their wise elderhood. And you can find Francesca on www.thesilvertent.com. It's just fantastic, Francesca. It really is. Now, can I ask you just to start by sharing your story, maybe your career story, so anyone listening for International Women's Day that can be inspired and they can follow and see you as a profile that they want to emulate and follow? (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm not absolutely convinced that people would want to emulate what I have on my CV, but, but I think it's a really good example of how you can think you're failing Uh, So how you can think you're failing, how you think that nothing of value is coming out of what you do. You might feel like you're just ricocheting from one project or or a job to to another and that there's no rhyme or reason about that. Um, And you might even think it's not possible to create out of nothing. But I think in my, well, I'm 65 now, in, in my life, I think I've just blown all of that out of the water you know so I, I, I never followed an, a normal trajectory like when I was at school I'd um I'd I'd applied to go to university to a fantastic central London university to do psychology and I was really really interested in the subject and then all of a sudden and I got the place I got the best place at the best university there the one that I really wanted to go to. And then I thought, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And I had this huge resistance and I just wanted to go out and and party and travel and, and have no responsibilities. And um, so I talked with my parents about taking a year off, but I knew it was never going to be a year. (laughs) I just was never going to be able to go. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't put myself back into that, that sort of organization establishment kind of thing. I just was like, no, I'd rather have, wow. I think I must've said I'd rather have nothing, you know, than, than do that. And I don't really understand what that was about. And so I'd started to try and find things that would really speak to me. I was doing lots of sailing, lots of drinking, but lots of sailing. (laughs) And I thought I might want to do um, uh, marine biology. And then I decided I didn't want to do that. I did things like I I, I enrolled on a course to become um, the communications officer on a merchant Navy ship, not in the Royal Navy, but in the merchant Navy. And I did really well at that until I thought of the, the likelihood that I would be having to climb a mast of a ship at sea in a storm to repair the the radar. And I thought, and, and only maybe six six other crew on a quarter mile long oil tanker. And I thought, no, 
no, I don't think I want to do that either. So I've had that kind of of uh, a life, and I've done did sort of exactly the same with the businesses. So I became much more entrepreneurial than than job fodder, uh, and I get excited about other people's jobs for about two or three months. I'm really good, and then I just lose interest. <laughs> and uh, and when I lose interest, honestly, you don't want me around because I'm not very good. Um, and. And so, yeah, so I set up um, a nanny agency, a domestic employment agency, when I was 20 years old, bigger other. Um, with I didn't a- catch that. Whoops, sorry, that's my Siri picking up. She, sometimes she does this all the time. She's done it on my podcast and everything. <laughs> I wondered how you did that without moving your lips then. I was really <laughs> impressed. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ran this domestic employment agency, which came out of out of a very weird source, but... Um, and, and I did really well at that. I ran it with a with a business partner. Uh, we'd met over a gin and tonic. Um, and we did really well. We created something that had a really high level of service. And we sent staff to, to families all around the world, some of them celebrities, some of them like European royalty. And, and we had a really, really good name. And so when I sold that, because I was too attached to the telephone and an office and I started to need to be outdoors and have freedom. I had this idea that anything I put my attention on would be successful. Yeah. Now that's apparently a really good mindset. However, it was completely and utterly inaccurate from a financial perspective. So everything that I touched for quite a while didn't work out financially. I set up a float tank center. I didn't get, um, I didn't get planning permission for that to run it as a business. Then I got involved in um, the psychic world and I started reading palms and tarot reading and, and loved that and um, and set up a, a, a group of, um, I guess, psychic readers and healers. And we would go into corporate events. We would do parties, you know, for British Airways and you know, that kind of thing. Just had an absolute ball doing that until 9-11 and the Twin Towers came down in America and uh, and my business went along with that. I don't think, I don't think people really wanted to know about their future uh, after that. Um, and then, and then lots of other things. I've set up a, a free magazine around conscious living. Um, I participated in a group of people setting up a conscious living community online. Um, I've been a, a content um, writer for a spiritual tour company based in Peru. Lots and lots of things, but no longevity with any of them. And no sense of, of that being really grounded and anchored in, a, in something that's considered a career. Mm-hmm. But when I lost my job working as a content writer and this whole energy and idea of the silver tent came through and then I started to document all those disparate things that I'd done I could see the rhyme and reason every single thing helped me get to this point but until I saw that until I could do hindsight it was all all over the place and jumbled and 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 no no common thread no core but now I now I get it it's, now, I don't know, most people that listen to any of my shows, I use the S word, synchronicities, all the time. And everything you've said, the synchronicities, I'm getting goosebumps because when I look at my journey, it's almost mirrored. I've always worked for myself. I've contracted. Yes, I've worked with massive, large corporates. Some of my contracts have gone on for 18 months, two years. Some have only been three months but I've always worked for myself. I might go into the corporate, but I'm going as my company, my limited company as me and putting that skill set there. And that's it. And my my businesses pivot much the same as you've done. You've moved on from one thing to another, but you've taken what you've learned and you've brought it with you. And since I'd say 2019, I really got knocked to the floor. I, I was working flat out, as you do when you're self-employed. 
I'd be up at 3.30 in the morning. I'd catch a 5.30 train. I'd go from the Midlands into London and I was working for central government. So I'd be in Westminster, sat at my desk by 20 past half past seven and I'd leave about eight o'clock at night and I'd get home at 10 o'clock and I'd try and get some sleep and that was it. So I literally wore myself to the ground and I got a cough and this cough would not go and it turned to a chest infection and pneumonia and at three months I was completely flawed and couldn't do anything. And that's when I thought, no, I need to change. Like you were saying, it's getting it's getting the the interest and getting the equilibrium right so that you, you've got that work-life balance. And that's when I started back on the spiritual side. I, As a child, I used to see things and hear things and it used to scare the living daylights out of me, so I pushed it away. And now I'm embracing it, law of attraction, working with my spirit guides. And this is what I think has really brought this project together, that this is part of my vision and what my purpose is. So when we say synchronicities and everything you've said, you can see why the universe has brought you and I together to have this conversation and to see where we can take it. Most absolutely. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? And uh I love it when that happens. And when we spoke yesterday, there was that that real sense of, of energy and, and connection. It is. I mean, you are such an inspiration. I mean, if you were looking back on your career, what words of wisdom, what pearls of wisdom would you share with anyone? It could be a young girl that's just looking to see what options to take at school or someone that's looking to change their career with this with covid and lockdown everyone's lives are changing what advice would you give people oh definitely follow what you love yeah um believe that you can create out of nothing because every single business i created i never had anything i never had financial resources of any description and because my cv is so higgledy-piggledy that never sat well with people either so people people used to see me as somebody who'd start something and not finish it but I've still got to this point where I feel like I'm doing the most valuable thing that that I came here to to do and so absolutely believe that you can create out of nothing if you have a huge vision celebrate it Yes. Be careful who you share that with. Yeah. <laughs> they might try and undermine you, you know, oh, don't be ridiculous. What makes you think you can do that? You don't need to hear that. Yeah. Just if you've got something you would love, love, love to do and to bring to the world, just go for it. And don't be surprised if that isn't the end result. Yeah. It's like allow yourself, don't don't give up just easily. You know, keep keep going. But also don't be surprised if you end up heading in a, in a different direction. It's like sometimes life or our heart or the universe, however you describe it, knows where it's trying to take us. But consciously, we don't always get that. <laughs> exactly. And that will take time sometimes. I call it, I well, I used to call it intuition. Now I'd call it universe or maybe my guide's giving me a nudge. But it would... I've talked about the corporate side where, yes, it was all communications. I've run communications teams. I've run, I've built websites and everything. I kept thinking for all this last, probably last year, I kept thinking I've got to step away from the corporate. I need to do my spiritual side. But, oh, no, universe guides, they want the communication. I mean, this is what the podcast is. It's a form of communication. And it's like I've been put forward for that and practising in all the roles I've done to get to this place. And it is that intuitive nudge sometimes tells you you need to pivot. You take the experience you've used up till now and then you put it in a slightly different direction. And as you said, this is what I love about entrepreneurial ideas and the people that have that in them. Because if something doesn't work, we don't beat ourselves up with it. We just take a slightly different direction. Take the information, take that as a learning curve and move forward and also I felt I don't know if you've seen the same when you have a good idea and like you said don't share it necessarily with everyone because sometimes people copy you and I used to really worry when people copy me and I'd get all all, all my ego would get in the way and I'd be getting all blustery and thinking someone's doing that and then I thought well no take it as a compliment 
that they've thought that your idea is good enough that they want to copy it because it will never be the same. They'll never have you in that mix. They won't have your personality. They won't connect. The tribe, the group of people you need to connect with is solely down to you. So if people do copy your idea, it will be similar. It will never be the same. I've got a great story about that. Uh, Can I I share that? Definitely, definitely. Uh, And and it might be called karma. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But when I was running the um, domestic employment agency, we we started to build up our level of staff there. And we had, and then just as we built this level of staff, we decided to go on holiday together. Like the two founders and, and directors of the company just went off for a three week holiday together or four weeks or whatever. And we were really warned not to do that, you know, not to leave other people tried and untested in charge, but we just ignored them. And when we got back, not only had these two taken over our business, they got rid of all our staff, they had copied all of our clients' details all of our staff's details and set up on their own down the road. So we came back to an empty office and our clients thinking that we'd closed down. So our first thought was, let's get them back. So we went and talked to to, um, some quite high powered uh, legal, legal brains. And they said, well, it's possible that we could we could find a way of proving that they've copied everything, but it will cost quite a lot of money. And if you get it wrong, they could sue you. So we realized that it would take all the money that we had, all the energy that we had to try and prove that these people had had stabbed us in the back. Um, And that we would probably not get our business back up and running while we did that. So we decided that we'd let them get on with it and we would just rebuild our own business. So we poured all our attention and energy back into rebuilding, calling up our clients saying, and we never, we never, we never badmouthed them. We never badmouthed them. We were very, very careful how we handled it. And within six months, those two people who had taken everything, so they had a stack of staff, a stack of clients, they had everything that we had built up over the years. They failed within six months. Good. Good, good. And now, I don't know how they did that. One of those women, her husband, he had his own television program on how to set up a small a small business and, and succeed. And yet they failed, having nicked everything. So it was it was such a beautiful expression of justice that it was divine justice and we never had to do anything except rebuild yeah. and look after ourselves. And I would absolutely share that as don't don't ever worry about anybody else like you're saying keep if if you're following your heart you're going to be the one that resonates at that energy and you'll attract those like-hearted people and that's all that matters definitely definitely I mean when you look at it all right the high streets aren't doing as well at the minute but how many shops do you see in a high street that offer the same thing but they still have plenty of customers simply because they resonate with certain people and what they stock yes people will run to there's it's such a big world out there. There's space for everyone. And-, and actually, you know, with that, the other advice is don't follow somebody else. Don't don't try and copy somebody else and do a facsimile. Because yeah. if, if it's not your heart, if you're not bringing your own individuality and uniqueness to the mix, then you're just copying somebody else and you'll go by the wayside too. It is. I mean, yes, with social media, I mean, yes, like we connected over Facebook, over a social channel. But it is it's so it is social media all the time where people share what they think people want to know. And they say this word authentic, that your post should be authentic. But it is if you are your if you're true to your authentic self, it makes such a difference. You find that what you are doing will resonate with the right people. But then even if it only brings a small number to you. Those people that gyrate to your direction, they're coming there because they really get what you're doing and they want to be part of it. And it's so much better to have five good, strong connections than thousands of people that have never met and don't really read any of your messages or anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's, I say this because I get on my high horse when it comes to social media. <laughs> but when I see... The younger generation, I'd say we've now had two generations that have grown up 
using the digital world, using digital channels, and that's all they've known how to reach out. And we read about young children that are bullied because they don't get enough likes on a post. But it doesn't really matter. Like we said, if you just resonate with those few people and one just one person hears your message for that day and it makes a difference, it doesn't matter that you haven't got many likes because they they don't mean anything. If people can resonate with your message, that's what makes sense. And for all these people that do the bullying, they've got this pretense of a life. Like how many people now can't have a meal without taking a photograph of what it is and sharing it before they start a meal? And that isn't seeing the real life. They don't share the three or four dishes they've had to put in the bin because it didn't work. They just see the final offering and it's being aware of that and realising what someone puts out on, on a social channel they're trying to promote themselves and it's almost um a, it's a pretend promotion as it were in a sales pitch what they're saying isn't necessarily exactly what people want to hear and i'd say this definitely for the international women's day to anyone that's looking to start please just be authentically yourself because you will reach out to the right people and they will connect with you and you don't have to pretend and say all these things because there's always going to be whatever you do there's going to be someone that says they are the be all angel they are the guru in that area and they might be undercutting your prices by 50 percent but you'd only get 50 percent of the quality it, it again it's looking to see and learn from that exactly exactly beautiful beautiful but it's it's you mentioned at the beginning when you were talking about your um career and we started touching on age. Would you say that you've been discriminated? Uh, because I know I have. I hit a magic five zero, and I had people, when I'd go to recruiters for my contract, I'd have to show my passport as a form of ID. And I had one person say to me, are you looking to change career? He says, looking at your age, you're not going to last much longer in this world. And I thought, you cheeky whatnot. And when I said to people, they the people... I was lucky I was working when I was consulting. Some of them were in the HR and they said, you do realise we can get them struck off for saying that because it's it, it's prejudice. They're not allowed to do that. And yet I'd say now, since I've turned that magic 5-0, my whole life has catapulted. I know where I'm going. I have the business acumen and the experience to share things and I'm going to be, I'm probably going to be working until the day, I, I, that's it, I can't do it anymore because it's what I love. Uh, no, I don't think I did get discriminated against because I didn't, I didn't have those kinds of, of, um, of in, interactions, but, but I did become invisible as, as a woman at about 40, 45. Um, and I, I think my visibility is improving again now that I that I'm the age that I am but I think that's very much about me me yeah. choosing to step up and 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 be visible and you know one of the things one of the things that I really really want as a as a side effect of the silver tent is younger women looking forward to being over 50 so because they can join the silver tent, because they understand its message that we're not past our sell by date because we're no longer, um, you know, fertile, physically fertile, yeah. you know, as in baby kind of fertile. Um, you know, we have so much other fertility, so much other fertile ground as we get older that, you know, um, yeah, I think like you, since I've been over 50 and over 60, I certainly feel much, much more on track, much more real, much more myself. Um, but I did have a really strong intention as I came up to my 60th birthday, which was that my 60s was going to be the best decade so far. Oh, wonderful. So far, that's definitely happening. So have you set yourself goals? Have you almost done a vision that you're working towards? Or is that something that you pivot to on depended on intuition <laughs> well well the silver tent the the development of the silver tent you know it's only in its in its so we've been going what four and a half years now 
and it's just moving into it. it it's growing up. It, it's got that level of maturity, but I have a huge vision for it. And then, yes, I do have other goals, for want of a better word, that, that I want to achieve more on a personal level. And they all come from my intuition. So it, it's very rare that I take much notice of my conscious, rational brain, um, unless it's really connected to, to my heart. So, yeah, I do. I do a lot of talking to my heart and um you know, or you might say universe and spirit guides, mm. I, I call my heart, and, uh, and let things unfold from there. So the biggest vision of the Silver Tent is that we create it to be a self-sustainable financial model, really serving the whole of the silver community in the Silver Tent, and that that service ripples out to the wider community of, of people of all genders and all ages. And that through that self-sustainability, we create an enterprise, uh, a philanthropic charitable enterprise called Silver Philanthropy. And the idea of Silver Philanthropy is that our members over 50 who've had a vision of a project that would be life affirming, that would serve the planet or serve humankind or serve animal kind or trees, whatever it might be, and it doesn't have to be charitable. They can submit their, their project to Silver Philanthropy. The membership itself would vote on which ones they think should receive support. And out of those voted ones, then we would have a board of uh, experts, also from our community, also for women over 50, who would know which ones had uh, that were m most likely to get off the ground. And then we would offer financial support and um, and expertise support to really help them. So you don't just say, oh, here's 50 grand, see you later. Mm -hmm. It would be, here's 50 grand if that's what's required. And here's an accountant, here's a web designer, here's a business coach, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and I, I just feel that, you know, we, we older women are really wise elders yeah. and that we have so much to offer the world. And if silver philanthropy can serve in bringing some of those deep, heartfelt projects to life, then I, I really believe that we're an untapped, a vast untapped resource and that we have a, a really powerful role to play in, in our world, particularly now, you know, in so many ways. So, yes, I hope that answers your question. Oh, it does. And it's already my mind is racing. I've got goosebumps and everything when you're talking about that. And I know, I mean, we, we chatted very briefly before we started the interview. I would love to invite you back uh, for a future podcast where you can actually talk more and more about this because that idea is just fantastic. It really is. And it's it stands out for so many different reasons. It's just wonderful. It, it really it. is. Too. Thank you. And yes, I would love to talk more about that. Because and with all of my guests, I always put in the description to the podcast, I will put ways that you can reach out and connect with Francesca. And so that will go through so people can reach out and say, yes, please, can we learn more? It always, you are inspirational. You really are. And the things you've set up and that vision, that is just fantastic. It's almost, it, it's almost like a Dragon's Den formula with even more experience and expertise to bring to the mix. It's it's Definitely. just wonderful. Yes. It's the, there's that sense of it all being sort of circular and then going out. Like, you know, the the, the members serve the members. Yeah. But together we serve the wider community, if if that's what's relevant to each individual, you know, but mm -hmm. but there is a sense that together we rock, you know, yeah. we really do. You know, you get you're in the business world, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or in a job or whatever, um, you know, during your 20s, 30s, 40s, let's say. And there's that sense that you have to fight to get to the top, that you have to fight to get your your pay rise or, um, you know, to go higher up the, the ladder, whatever it is. But I think once you get beyond 50, like out the other side of menopause and some of the corners are rubbed off a little bit, I think there's a greater understanding that actually we get further by that. There's a quote, isn't it, about if you want to go further, travel as a group. I can't remember what the wording is. 
And so the whole of the silver tent is based on the the pillars or the values of conscious co-creative collaboration. That sense, like you were saying, that even if somebody else is doing something similar, they're di- they're different people. Yeah, and there's room there's room for us all, and that we can help each other, and that actually by having that generosity of spirit and heart, you're not giving away, let's say, a client. You're serving someone else, and you're you're coming from a place of of abundance rather than lack. And yeah. you know something happens when you start operating in that way when you start serving others it's like somehow that that naturally energetically comes back oh that is wonderful absolutely wonderful i'm saying it again i'm saying it throughout this interview i'm getting goosebumps on goosebumps on what you're saying but you've really just highlighted everything we're told when you read about that sales, and even if you're not in sales, technically, if you work for yourself, if you're entrepreneurial, it is a form of sales because you are selling yourself. But so many people talk about their their achievements, what they've done and everything, and yet they don't say how they are going to help that person. And that's what you've just described, that if you come from a place of service, that you are serving others to help them. That's where the connection, that's where the spark happens. I've got, and- yeah, the most amazing story in the silver tent. You know, I mean, the number of people that have come out of the woodwork to, to support the development of it. I mean, it has, it's just been in, incredible, you know, um, because I started it from nothing and there's still not much coming in. right? <laughs> um, but but it is working. It yes. is working. maybe not financially yet, but it is working. And um couple of years ago or three years ago I think I was living in my caravan on a wild Welsh hillside where the internet is atrocious so I could just about post messages but I couldn't do zooms or skype or anything like that and um, and I would have to go into town into a pub or when my friend Siobhan moved there I could go to Siobhan's but it was really really challenging and um, and I was four miles outside of town. And if everybody's anybody's been to to Powys, the hills are like that. Yes. And and that's all right in the summer, but not so great in the winter. And um, and it was a July, and my car died. My car died irretrievably. I had a loan. I was still paying for that car, and there was no way I could afford to take out another loan. And I just. I had to get a cab back to my caravan and and I just sat there thinking, what am I gonna do? Like how I don't know how I'm going to to operate. And and I don't have the money for another car. I don't have the money for another loan or anything like that. So I thought I'm gonna have to say something in the silver tent. And that's excruciating for me. So I, I put up a post. I didn't want it to be a needy post. So I had to find that space of where it was informative. Yeah. And um and and the post was, I'm not sure it was a good idea to move to this caravan. Right? <laughs> this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and now this has happened. Right. And I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do, but we'll find a way. And then somebody, uh Joy Shalcross, if she's listening, thank you, Joy, forever suggested that we ask every single member of the silver tent to put a pound in the kitty. And we had 1700 members at that point, but I knew that that would never happen. You know, they wouldn't do that. But one of the other women, um, actually two of them, Elaine and Vanessa said, let's do that. Let's do a fundraiser. And before I could say anything, they put a fundraiser in the silver tent to raise money for this new, new, a new car or a newer car. Well, I was beside myself with terror, right? <laughs> because I thought, what if nobody cares? <laughs> that was one element. And then, I mean, this isn't what I created the silver tent for. It's a really, it's first of all, it's embarrassing to say that I have nothing. And, and I didn't want people to feel beholden. I mean, there were so many uh, things going on in, in my head that meant this was a really terrifying thing to do. Anyway, within moments, I mean, it was certainly within 24 hours, uh, I think it was £700 had been raised and there was a car at a garage down the road a mile away that had a little car for 700 quid. So I went, 
wow, ran down the hill, went in there and I said, can I take that car for a test drive? Yeah, yeah. I hated it. I hated it. And it uh, had an MOT due in November. And I thought it'll go wrong and I'll be off the road with no money to repair it. And, and I'll be in the same position. But he had a Peugeot on his forecourt for 1300 So, no, 1200 And he was an extra 500 quid. And I sat there and I thought, oh. <laughs> can I really go back into the silver tent and say, I really appreciate your generosity, but can you give me a bit more? <laughs> and it's like that agonies over being able to do that were just crazy. Anyway, I did. And I remember my finger hovering over the, you know, post button, my heart in my mouth. And everybody got it. One person left, One an, an old friend of mine. She sent me a very angry message saying, if this is what the silver tent is about, I'm out. I would have just got a job. I was like, well, I live in the middle of nowhere. That And the, without a car, that would have been quite hard. Um Anyway, so she she left and never came back. And within the next 24 hours, 12 hours, I think, the the rest of the money had arrived and I was able to get a new car. And I think it was three days from the moment that I was told my car had died to the moment I had the money in my account. And completely, completely overwhelmed people. I think the smallest donation was three pounds and the biggest donation I think was a hundred. And, and some of them came from people I didn't even know. Like they were obviously in my community, but I'd never had a a direct connection with them at all. And um, it was incredible. Oh, well, and that is so special. And that also explains and shows that thing that the right people come to you, the right people feel called to connect that intuitive piece, that synchronicity, and they all come for a reason. And then that just highlighted it. I mean, I wasn't necessarily going to talk about this, but I know you and I have spoken about it. You've heard me talk about my Pearls of Wisdom retreat. And I've set that up during COVID as a way of people to pivot their business, to grow and share a brand new idea. Pearls of Wisdom Retreats covers business, spirituality and well-being. I run these online retreats every three months. And this time, this in March, it's going to be covering Kickstart. It will be Kickstart Business, Kickstart Spirituality, Kickstart Wellbeing. And all the exhibitors will come on and share their pearls of wisdom on and their services of what could answer. I'm going to have panel um, sessions where people can ask and I'm doing that and to make it affordable £25 per exhibitor to take part and just £5 to attend and you saying that it's it's bringing things together and and putting it out there that this is what is available so it is it's when you bring a community of like-minded people together everything just explodes and this wonder and phenomenal results come in from it it's just so so special anything can happen anything can happen and actually that's just reminded me of of another story but I'm I'm not going to tell it I'm going to put you in touch with the person um herself because she's got Mm -hmm. an amazing story an amazing new business and and that came from putting out her her worries into our community and then she was just like yeah people just went i'll help you i'll help you i'll help you and and she's got something phenomenal now and it's just uh, just amazing amazing she's an incredible inspiration oh that is absolutely wonderful so what i'm going to ask you now with international women's day every year they have a theme they have a different theme and this year the theme under a hashtag is choose to challenge so from what we've been speaking about would you say there's any what do you see as the meaning of choose to challenge because I know for myself it's where I challenge myself so what do you see from that and what would be your answer it's just the best question and it's the best theme at this particular point in time because 
I've just recently, just a week ago, relaunched the Silver Tent website and relaunched after doing um, some deep dive branding with Marianne Hartley from the business Hartley and Soul. Mm. And I hadn't had any branding done prior to that. And what came out when when she created the logo, um, she created a logo with the name The Silver Tent in, but the font colour as gold. (laughs) And of course, you're not supposed to do that, are you? You're supposed to have an aligned colour if you've got the name of a colour. And I just went, wow, that is so challenging convention. And I went, oh, I've got goosebumps now. That's the tagline. Yeah. Is the silver tent challenging convention rewriting the myth of the older woman? And so, so that's where the silver tent is is operating now is in challenging convention around the myth of the older woman. You know, on the whole, uh, women are seen as past their sell by date, and that there's this sense that we're just going to go downhill into old age into ill health into dementia we're going to be a burden on our families and then we're going to be a burden on the nhs and and that might be true that might be true for all of us eventually but actually i'm looking at how can we challenge the convention of that and step into being the wise elders that we are wise elder women valid and valuable in our world today with wisdom worth sharing so that would be my choose to challenge is choosing to challenge everybody's perceptions and beliefs and assumptions about becoming uh, about being a woman say post menopause we say post 50 because it's easier but post menopause what what are those things that you think about yourself particularly if you're younger you know if you're 20 30 40 what do you think your life is going to be like post menopause post 50 and challenge those assumptions absolutely challenge them because can you imagine what life will be like if you're excited to get to this point what if this is the main meal of our lives and everything before has been a practice what if this is when we really come into our own and that's what I believe oh this is wonderful wonderful oh god I get so excited about this because that that whole message that that's a separate podcast on its own to actually do because this is again we're not taught as women when we're at school and we do biology we're taught about women becoming fertile you have all what what the signs to look for and everything never ever are you told what to expect when you're coming out the other side so you don't know what symptoms are i know i was perimenopausal for eight years and I'd go to the doctor and they'd say, oh, yes, it's still perimenopausal. But I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have a clue. The amount of women I've spoken to in the corporate world that have been high flyers, they hit menopause, their hormones go to pot, their emotions, suddenly they're in a meeting where they'd be really strong as anything and they find themselves crying. And it's where you're saying with the silver tent, it's wonderful because it's, almost becoming a matriarchal society ethos that the the matriarchs, the women, the powerful, strong women are the ones that then lead the elder, the wiser women. It just, I do, I'm getting goosebumps again. I know I've said it throughout this interview, but it is your message, what Silver Tent stands for. You have got to come back as a regular, regular guest that we can learn because there is so much you can share with us. I love it, Pearl. Absolutely love it. Count me in. Thank you. Definitely. I mean, your message, I mean, we've only connected sort of this week and I feel like I've known you all my life. Everything you're talking about, I'm thinking, yes, yes. It's It's like you've been sat with me when I've been in junior school and everything and I can connect with everything you're saying. And it is, it's like you say, when you told the story, even down synchronicities again, Powys, we have a family caravan in mid Wales, Ceredigion, up, uh, just up from Aberiron. It's a very small um, caravan place. It's on a stud farm. So it's a farm first with 50 caravans on it. I love it. I spent all 
my summer holidays with my children. My son was 18 months the first time I took him there. He is 29 now. And they grew Um, up. (laughs) So are you on the north side of Aberirin? Is that the north side of Aberirin? Yeah, we were just up from Pennant and crossing and round there. That's where we've got our caravan. You know Newquay? Yeah. Yeah, you've been to Newquay? Yeah. Yeah, that's where I am here. Oh, it's I'm so, not with my caravan. I'm here caring for my 94 year old mum, but this is a family home and I'm in Newquay, just what, four, five miles from Aberirin, not yeah. many more from Pennant. I mean, talk about synchronicities and our caravan. Yes, it's a small caravan. It's, it's, it's got the double glazing and the central heating. So if it gets cold, I can turn the heating on. But that's my bolt hole. That's where I relax. I'm with nature. I watch the red kites and the buzzards and the amount of meditation I can do there. I just go from being central government Westminster to all the stress to go into a caravan in the middle of a field where all I can see is the sea and mountains and greenery. But let That's me know next time you're down. Definitely. And, um, and then we can meet up. Definitely. Definitely. I'm getting goosebumps at that. My guides are saying, yes, yes, yes. That's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can't believe this. Literally, from when we first started speaking together on Messenger, it's, this is divine intervention, most definitely, for us to come together. Because there's so many synchronicities. Two strong women with a great message. And I just want to shout your message from the rooftops because it is phenomenal. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. And so it's so wonderful to have it received. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, when we were talking earlier about what would I what would I say to younger women, it's that sense that if you're if you just share everything that you would love to do with anybody you will definitely have those that undermine you and not necessarily for good reasons. It can be because they're jealous of your, of your enthusiasm for life, let's say. So that when you do share it with someone who receives it, it's like that level of validation is, it is beyond price. Yeah. Beyond price. It just, you just have that back. And that's something that I think we do really well in the silver tent in, in the, we have a lot of zoom group zoom calls is that when we witness somebody where we're reflecting back to them, their gifts, their expertise. I mean, you know, often when we do something from the heart, when it's our own natural skill, we don't think it's anything because it's as easy as breathing. So we don't know we've got something that other people might find difficult until you have it witnessed and and reflected back. And I think that's so powerful and so valuable that we keep doing that to to everybody. Reflect back somebody's goodness. Reflect back somebody's expertise and their gifts. Build them up, you know, Uh, just so powerful. Our world has just been so created around tearing others down that I think it's our job to build them up. And I think that's what grandmothers, even if I'm not a grandmother, I don't, I don't have children. I clearly don't have grandchildren, but I'm a grandmother in my age. Yeah. And, and I think that's what something that we can do really well. Is yeah. to build up. But thank you for, thank you for receiving my message with such enthusiasm and inspiration. But this is why we were meant to meet. It really is. And to come together. And this is more and more I'm seeing Well, you've seen the way that this this project has grown and the amount of women that have jumped on board. We might not get to interview all of them because, yes, although I'm putting it out there, there's a lot that have booked to have the interview session. Some of them might come after March and say, yes, I want to do that because it's it's down to timing as well. What's right for them? What have they got going on in their lives? And can they make that space? But it's 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 such a strong message to give to every woman out there. But also, it's a strong message for everyone. Yes, we're using the feminine side because for this month it's all about international women. But what we share is a great way to learn for any gender, because it does. It, there are those golden nuggets that we can take out from anyone. If we anyone listening resonates with anything we've said, 
that goes across gender. It goes across ages. And it is we can hopefully influence and inspire young people or we could it could be someone that's just coming out of university and wants to take their career in a different way or it could be someone in a midlife with lockdown where they're saying what do we do now you might have found that the company's gone down you've got redundancies money we can hopefully inspire people to put that into something that dream that dream that has always been a hobby you could turn it into your income and your life going forward and it's all about turning those negatives into a positive and i always say you catch it you stop it as soon as you hit a negative you stop it there and then and see where the positives are from it because as well it's a message to take that and i use the word pivot all the time because you are you're pivoting you're just changing you're not really saying that's a that hasn't worked you're moving forward, taken from the those that experience and moving forward and pivoting into something else. And that's what society is doing. I think that's beautiful. And something I want to add on to the top of that is that sense that, you know, when we were at school, um, we were taught that, well, I don't know whether it was we were taught at school, but anyway, that whole concept of dog eat dog, you know, that, that came through science, the survival of the fittest kind of thing. But actually the truth is, Nature is collaborative. Our cells are collaborative with each other. The whole of nature is built on a collaborative um, energy. Yeah. So when we when we act in accordance with a collaborative urge, then we're acting in 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 accordance and alignment with nature. Yeah. And and it's so much nicer. <laughs> oh. Oh, it is. And I've just seen the time. So I'm going to have to bring this interview to a close because I know you've got loads of things you need to do as well. You're a very busy lady. I just want to say a massive, massive thank you. And I can't wait to when we can take time and chat together again, because like I said, you will be a regular guest on the Pearls of Wisdom podcast because you have so much to share. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled, delighted, inspired to to be here and I think you're awesome Pearl and uh, you. really look forward to our unfolding conversations thank you but right back at you you are phenomenal phenomenal she says <laughs> lovely lady I'm so glad we've connected I look forward to us chatting again soon thank you thank you Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. We hope you have enjoyed the content shared. Please share with others who would like to enjoy these interviews and discussions. If you would like to support the podcast, please follow the link in the episode description. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out and let's discuss next steps. Until the next time, enjoy your listening.